in the research that I did on for Journey to Forgiveness, my surprise and bonus was the uh, brain science part of forgiveness. There actually is a whole study. There are more studies that are being done on exactly why forgiveness is so hard. So we got to stop beating ourselves up. Basically, no, it doesn't let us off the hook <laughs> to hold grudges. That's not going to help either. But I think if we can just get an understanding for a moment of our ability to ruminate, as well as how memories are made and processed and dealt with and the biochemistry involved. For example, if we're talking about a wounding, there's dopamine involved. And that dopamine has an end goal in, in mind. The end purpose of that dopamine is either to project us and help us to get back to reestablishing the relationship. Okay, that's one way. And by the way, there's some relationships. Mm -mm, that's Thank you for the saying first that. thing you can do. And Thank if you are listening and you are being abused in any way, emotionally, physically, even spiritually or psychologically, mm -mm, that's a non-starter. Not every relationship is worthy of trust, especially if that trust has been broken. Hello and welcome. I'm Lori Hardy and thanks for listening in as we talk with leaders. In his first book, Pastor David Peterson looks beyond the simple and surface level understanding of why we need to forgive and instead helps us understand how. He also introduces us to God's complex design and the biochemical workings of our brain that explain why it's so difficult to do. Neither clinical nor deeply theological, it's a practical, encouraging, and reflectively short read that helps break the process of forgiveness down into manageable steps when oftentimes it feels impossible. Welcome, Pastor David Peterson. We're here to talk about your book about forgiveness, Journey to Forgiveness, 21 Milestones to Freedom. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you, Lori. Thanks for having me today. Well, I'm really excited to see how you got to this idea of 21 Milestones to Freedom. I'm sure there's a great story to go along with it. There kind of is. I've been doing hospice chaplaincy for about 20 years part-time, as well as serving congregations in Pennsylvania, as well as Virginia. I'd encounter a good number of folks who, like myself, wrestle with forgiveness. I had a gal that I was caring for on hospice. She had some major forgiveness issues, had, had been traumatized severely as a child, and then throughout her teen years. Now she's reaching the end of her life, and she was only in her 50s. She asked me a question. She said, she said how have you learned to forgive? I said, well, I've, I've had some major things in my life especially as a kid. My pastor had a few great helps, and I put those to work. Over the years, I've just added to those because I realized how hard forgiveness really is. I said, I've always meant to write them down. And she says, well, why don't you? 
I'll tell you what, when someone doesn't have long on God's green earth and they hit you with a question like that, it just makes you realize, we think we're going to live forever. That set me back a little bit. I says, well, how about if we, uh, over the next weeks, as we get together, how about if I just write those down and we go over them? And maybe you have some things to share with me as well. So all in all, we ended up with about 21 ways, and it just kind of fit well because they always say 21 days to a new habit. These have been written in such a way that they're resources, not necessarily steps. You can use them as steps, but they provide a place to jump on and join in on the journey and then just to get you going. And to think that you're, it's inspired by somebody who was leaving this world is is just amazing. We carry around things and we carry offenses and hurts from other people. And hey, we're all humans and we go, we're going through this human experience. How do we find ourselves unhitched or untangled from folks who have hurt us in the past so that we can begin to imagine what life would be like without having to think about that offense or think about that person that hurt us. For me personally, because of the ways that I'd been hurt and traumatized as a kid, yes, I'd been through counseling because I realized that it was affecting my relationships with my wife and my kids. But I also really came to realize that I was like a junkie. I was hooked on the anger energy. Inside of me was really something like a nuclear power plant. And it was just generating more and more negative energy. And as hard as I tried to contain that, I couldn't. It would come out in different ways. So how did you get to a place where you recognized that that was about forgiveness? It's kind of like maybe like a drunk in a bottle. And at some point, like I said, I was in my 30s, mid-30s. And by this time, I have two wonderful sons. And uh, ultimately, I'd have four sons. But at that point, I had two and a beautiful wife. I came to realize I'm like a, a drunk in a bottle. I can't keep living like this. I mean, we all pay the price for hanging on to that unforgiveness. We pay it in terms of bitterness, in terms of self-medicating. Everybody processes it differently. Maybe it's overeating. Maybe it's overspending. Maybe it's ways that we try to wrap ourselves around and cope. Medicating comes in many different shapes and sizes. When I was a kid, I have a condition called essential tremor. It means that inside of my brain, there's a, deep down inside the thalamus of my brain, there's neurons that are clicking and connecting. It's like they're having a party in there. I have tremors throughout my hands and arms. This is actually very common for a lot of people, but I had them from the time I was born. So growing up, I had a huge amount of bullying, even from teachers in school. And folks just didn't know. And folks were thankfully... Folks are, are getting a better idea of why this happens. There's more treatments and things like that to make life more livable for folks with essential tremor. But then when I was 11 or 12, I was targeted by a neighborhood pedophile. As if the frustration that was in there from the tremors, even some anger toward God. Why did you make me like this? Then to find that this has happened, and I kept the secret from 
12 until 19. I kept that a secret. I had a lot of shame, a lot of self-loathing, but it wasn't until I was 19 that I shared what had happened with my parents. And then we began a process of the counseling, accurate information. But like I said, even though that counseling had started at 19, hey, it's not a thing where, boom, all of a sudden you're fixed. Still have things in there that are turning around. First of all, I'm so sorry that happened to you. And we hear about this with kids and they don't tell. And maybe they're threatened. Maybe they're whatever reasons they don't. And uh, the average is of telling 26 years is the average mm. that it takes somebody to tell about their abuse. Wow. Thank you for that. I wasn't aware of that. I know that one in six men were targeted for sexual abuse as kids. Chances are that's actually high. It's actually probably you know, much lower than that. I want to get back to forgiveness, but also I think it's so important to talk about that this happens to boys because we protect our girls. We train them. If girls come forward, they may get treated a little better than if a boy or a man comes forward. Sometimes there's a stigma that goes with that. I just give you a lot of credit for being brave enough to go to your parents and also to your parents for believing you. And I hope somebody listening that maybe hasn't told their story will go, I need to, because there is some freedom. Like you say, there is an instant healing, of course, but there is some freedom once you start to tell. And actually what you were you were talking about, the statistics for women is actually one in four. And mm-hmm. chances are it's it's lower than that. But the process of being able to share that, I even, uh, when I was writing this book, I wanted to get it out there as a way of sharing who I am, what I've been through. I think it also helps if the author is real, because, hey, look, I'm a minister. I've I've done a lot of different chaplaincy experiences. I've encountered a lot of folks who are in real situations with real brokenness. Pastors and a lot of well-meaning people will say, you have to forgive, but we're frequently left with, well, how? How do we use that forgiveness? For me, the front cover has a stack of rocks. It's a Glen, it's a it's a Cairn rock, Cairn rocks that are usually stacked up along trails. I always come back and I look at those rocks and I, I think about it. Well, you know, there's a story about a kid with a rock and he used it to down a giant. It was a smooth rock. All I want is if this if this story is real and can be used to down a giant in my life, I pray that folks can use their experiences to bring wholeness and freedom to others with the things that they have encountered. That's been my journey. I just want to be available and share that story because it is so real. You said, how do we forgive? Aside from the Bible, actually, I don't think we're told that. In fact, sometimes I hear people say, "I if I forgive, I'm letting that abuser off the hook, so I will never forgive. And yet, I think you're going to tell us what happens to you when you don't forgive. The implications for that, whether it's in the bitterness that we hold and the way that it affects that bitterness affects our blood pressure, our other systems, our digestive systems, or ulcers, cardiac issues, even just our focus, because we're tending to this. We're spending energy on this. What I want to encourage folks is to think, well, what would I be able to do with the time that I have now that I don't have to think 
about trying to get this person back. You brought up a key issue about justice. It's really hard. Tough things do happen. But forgiveness is for us. Yeah, if there's a court thing, if there's if there's a legal aspect to the the hurts that we encounter, that's got to be dealt with. However, regardless of how things pan out, we have to be able to have peace within ourselves and just say, okay, they're on somebody else's watch. One of the milestones to forgiveness that I've come to appreciate is just simply being able to say out loud about the person who hurt me is, I release you from my wrath. Now, that may sound crazy, but I've just found, and, and like I said, these are things that I've found helpful. And maybe they aren't all helpful to everybody, but I've found them to be helpful. So when if I can say that out loud and hear myself say that, I don't care if it's once a day or once every five minutes. When that thought comes to my mind and I can hear myself say, I release you from my wrath, I've just found peace. Another way of saying that is the scripture that says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I will repay. We're trusting whoever hurt us is there for God to deal with. And we see so much of the picture, but God knows everything about our offender, including what was in that person's childhood that brought them up and set them on a trajectory that would hurt and break other people. Frequently broken people break other people. Brokenness just begets more brokenness. Just say, okay, vengeance is mine. I will repay. And then to put that in. And that may take, you know, going over that time and time again. Those are just a couple of the 21 milestones. Something that comes to mind is self-talk. And I'm all about changing our self-talk. And so in a way, that's what you're doing. You're getting your brain to believe something different. Also, two things that you said earlier about it comes out in our behavior is I heard this amazing quote. It said, self-growth, self, self-healing self is an act of community service. And I love that because it says, number one, that we can heal and that when we do, we're going to treat the people around us better. And so when you say hurting people hurt people, healed people, heal people. And so this is what you're doing. You healed your heart in your life, and now you're reaching out to help others. One of the things about forgiveness is it would be so awesome if you were just like, I forgive you and you were done. Can you talk about how it's it's kind of layered? It's kind of a journey. It's I don't know about you, Lori, but my ability to ruminate and to go back to stuff, my goodness. I sometimes I, I feel like a a pit ball with an old bone that's got no meat on it. It's like how many times are we gonna go back to that? In the research that I did on for journey to forgiveness, my surprise. <laughs> Then bonus was the uh, brain science part of forgiveness. There actually is a whole study. There are more studies that are being done on exactly why forgiveness is so hard. So we got to stop beating ourselves up, basically. No, it doesn't let us off the hook (laughs) to hold grudges. That's not going to help either. But I think if we can just get an understanding for a moment of our ability to ruminate, as well as 
how memories are made and processed and dealt with and the biochemistry involved. For example, if we're talking about a wounding, there's dopamine involved. And that dopamine has an end goal in, in mind. The end purpose of that dopamine is either to project us and help us to get back to reestablishing the relationship. Okay, that's one way. And by the way, there's some relationships. Mm-mm, that's Thank you for the saying first that. thing you can do. And Thank if you are listening and you are being abused in any way, emotionally, physically, even spiritually or psychologically, mm-mm, that's a non-starter. Not every relationship is worthy of trust, especially if that trust has been broken. And there's there's a process potentially for reestablishing trust, but once again, a lot of work there. But anyway, back on dopamine. So you go that route, or dopamine has to do with retaliation. How am I going to get this person back? And that's fun to think about, isn't it? If we could think about, oh, what can I do? Or I could do this. But, you know, retaliation is actually part of the dopamine chemistry that furthers that rumination. Then another biochemical that we have is oxytocin. Oxytocin is there. It says, I'm really glad to be with you, Lori. It's nice to see you. I have joy when we're together, when we get to talk to each other. And when there's a break, we're kind of going against the flow of the oxytocin that's intended to be there. So that creates a grief. And there's a sorrow that's acquainted with that. We've ever tried to understand why is grieving so hard when we lose someone? We have lost a relationship with someone. Understanding that. And then, of course, serotonin and the other biochemicals that's, that's inside of us. The scriptures say that we are wonderfully created. We are joyfully and wonderfully created in such a magnificent way. We're either going to be churning up, headed in the direction of retaliation and rumination upon those memories and traumas, or we learn a new way, have a chance to write a better story. I love that you bring all this to the forefront because what you said earlier, people tell you that forgive, but I can't. It's like, why can't we? So I love it that you brought all this there's a few more things I want to bring up before we wrap up. Is it something that we get better at? Hopefully we get better at learning. I really uh, appreciate uh, in the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples in the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And I, when I think about that, I think about the time I came home and I found somebody had been in the back and we had an above ground pool and somebody went into our backyard. The pool needed to be clean. It was like in it was like in the spring and it hadn't been cleaned yet or opened or and somebody took a stick. It was bizarre. Somebody wrote some chemical formula on the bottom of our pool. And I could read that. And I'm looking at this and I'm like, who does that? First of all, I, I, I barely passed chemistry and I could never have pulled this off. And I asked somebody about that and they go, well, don't you have a do not trespass sign on your yard? Why would I do that? I'm going to have a fence for Pete's sake. Don't you think people would know? Don't walk through somebody's backyard. But 
our trespasses. People sometimes trespass against us. This prayer, I really believe, is the, is such a powerful prayer, regardless of faith background that we might come from. It's, there's still something in it to recognize. Yep, there are times when I'm going to trespass on somebody, they're going to trespass on me. Okay, so what is that? Healthy boundaries, getting to healthy boundaries. One thing that is interesting to me is this question of how do I know I've really forgiven? Because if it is layered and it's kind of circular for me, there's been times when I've thought I've forgiven someone and pretty soon I'm telling somebody about what they did. And I'm like, oh, I guess I haven't forgiven them. It's like, how do we know when we've actually really forgiven someone? I can say that for certain. I think it's how much time is that person still taking up space in your brain? You know, folks are in your brain and they're not paying rent, kick them out. They're victim. I love that. How long are we going to keep thinking about them? Even for me, once in a while, that old person that hurt me will come up. This is years on down the road and walking in freedom. But that will come up. Returning to that, one of the things that I've found helpful is when a painful memory comes up, maybe God has something he wants to show you. And so I might say, Lord, you were with me during that time. This memory has come to my mind. Is there something more you want me to know about that? Do you want to show me something more about your mercy and your forgiveness? Is there something you want me to know? Like, I don't need to carry that. Or maybe what you're saying is, look how far you've come. Look how far you've come. The thing that I always boils down to is we learn to forgive other people, but what about when we have to kind of look at ourselves and forgive ourselves? Is that harder, different? The journey to forgiveness for ourselves, one of the milestones is let yourself off the hook. And sometimes we carry and we're over responsible. Maybe we even project. It's, I mean, it's maybe part of our healing that we feel, and maybe who knows, part of the shame that we feel like in some way we were to blame because of whatever happened. One of the places of that just let me off the hook was never really thought about the process that a pedophile uses is really to prepare someone for that kind, you know, to be abused. Right. The grooming, they call the it. The grooming, yeah. exactly. The grooming process. And to look at that and go, whoa, when I was just walking by, by this person's house and they were out trimming the weeds and the words that were exchanged, even healthy words, were actually part of the grooming process or extensions of kindness that to me were legit. That person was actually, that was part of the grooming process. That person had intentions that were not good, not healthful. But to me, it was really helpful to be able to look and go, I don't need to carry that. We're talking with David Peterson, his book, Journey to Forgiveness, 21 Milestones to Freedom. Are you living in freedom? You said that you were mad all the time and, and then you came to forgive. And so what's your life like now? I can tell you that I have much, have much more of a sense of peace, even when I may not necessarily feel so much at peace. It's been fascinating because I'll have folks that'll say, you have a real sense of peace about you. And I go like, what? <laughs> I didn't really think about it. I guess... It just works that way. 
thankfully I don't, I just don't need to carry the other stuff. That's so great. And we always hear on the other side of fear is freedom. And if, if you're That's afraid to tell your story, you're afraid to forgive that it sounds like this book could give people a lot of options and a lot of different ways to look at forgiveness. So thank you so much for sharing. If somebody wants the book, how can they find it or you? Head on over to Amazon or go to David Peterson Books. Com. If you want to check out what I'm doing also online, uh, my messages are broadcast and that's at apostles-lutheran.org, apostles-lutheran.org. Reverend David Peterson's book, Journey to Forgiveness, 21 Milestones to Freedom is available at Amazon.com. Hi, I'm Lori Hardy, and thanks for listening in today. We hope you've learned something new. Join us again next week as we continue to talk with people that are making a difference.